Christ is risen, alleluia, a blessed Lord's Day, a happy Sunday, and a joyful continuation of the 50 days of Easter that we celebrate. If you have not gathered two items for worship today that could give you some sacred symbols, a candle reminds us of the light of Christ and the Paschal candle uh, normally burning in our church and a bowl of water that we will use for Thanksgiving for baptism. So you still have time if you do not have a candle yet and a, a bowl of water to get those near you. We, Holy Trinity, is one church in two sites. And I'm going to show a couple of pictures as I do the announcements this morning to remind us of our sacred space, uh, both in, in the South Loop and in Lakeview as we continue to celebrate Easter. These pictures will connect us to community, to assembly, to the worship life that we so treasure. And a warm welcome to all of you, whether this is your first time to join us online or you have been attending Holy Trinity for months or years. Whatever emotions you carry this day, and we know that there are so many, we bring them all to worship, all to this Easter gathering. We at Holy Trinity work to bring health and healing and wholeness to the world as we join you in praying and working for a, a world of God's shalom. Therefore, not only do we welcome all people, whoever you are, but we work together to dismantle racism, to work to care for, for our environment as well. If you're new to Zoom, please notice that we're going to be keeping you muted during the service. Other than a few times, we will ask you to unmute for a couple of responses. And also, if you haven't found the gallery view yet, uh, that's what you can move to a couple times during the service. We'll ask you to do that where you can see all of the assembly and uh, we'll hold up a bowl of water and uh, we'll share the piece in that way as well. Our preacher this morning is the Bishop of the Metropolitan Chicago Synod, Yehale Curry. And he gave pastors in our synod a great gift by offering us a sermon and other congregations in the area that's pre-recorded that we are able to share with you this morning. So we're very glad to have Bishop Yehale Curry as our preacher this morning. This would be a great time to turn to gallery view on your computer and let's just wave good morning to remind us that we are not just alone in our um, own homes. You can actually in the middle scroll between the screens. There are about five screens on now and some of you could turn on your cameras just for a moment and let us see your morning view as we greet one another and wave to each other across both um, Chicago and joining us in other places. This just makes it all worth it, doesn't it, to see one another. And now, uh, if you have your bulletin ready, we will begin with our um, gathering hymn.
in order that we can hear some joyful alleluias across our city and country in this time where we need it so desperately. Please, some of you, unmute yourself right now. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And, and also, also with, with you. you.
Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, the strength of those who believe and the hope of those who doubt, may we who have not seen have faith in you and receive the fullness of Christ's blessing, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from Acts. Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonder, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life and you will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus... God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. Word of God, word of life. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God.
a pleasant land. Indeed, I have a rich inheritance. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My heart teaches me night after night. I have set the Lord always before me. Because God is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. My heart therefore is glad, and my spirit rejoices. My body also shall rest in For you will not abandon me to the grave nor let your Holy One see the pit. You will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. A reading from First Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whose great mercy we have been given a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice even if now for a little while you have to suffer various trials so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold that though perishable is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to John, 20th chapter, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. 
After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and through believing, you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. May God's gift of peace be with you. May you have peace in your mind, in your home, in your isolation, in your decisions, with your family, in your relationships, in your singleness, in your uniqueness. May God's peace be with you. Amen. When I was a child, we used to live across the street from a park. There are a lot of memories that I have from that park, but one stands out in particular. It's not the other kids and me running and playing around. It's not the green grass, the tall trees, the basketball court, or a particular bench. No, what stands out to me, and what always will, is the scent, the smell, the aroma. And this aroma, this smell, is wrapped up in all of my memories from this time. Just one whiff in my whole childhood in an instant comes flooding back to this day. If I come in contact with the smell of barbecue from a neighbor or from a grill in the park, it will in an instant send me back to my youthful bedroom 
of our apartment overlooking the park. It'll send me back to the heat of the sun, creeping into my room from a window that's slightly ajar. It'll send me back to the sights and the sounds of fellowship and fraternity, family reunions and church outings, and young love. Yep, just one whiff and all these scenes are right in front of me again. I can taste them as if they're happening all over again right now. Have you ever had that experience? For some of us, it's not barbecue, but it's a word, a phrase, an old saying. As soon as someone says it, we are transported back to our favorite classroom, perhaps in front of our favorite teacher, sitting in the exact assigned seat from that semester. Maybe it's not a word or phrase, but a song. All it takes is a couple notes, and you're thinking about that loved one or a friend that you haven't thought about in decades, and that brings a smile to your face. Or is it the aroma of a perfume fragrance? Someone walks by wearing this familiar brand, and instantly you think of grandma. You swear, although she's long gone, she's right there waiting on a hug. In today's gospel reading, we encounter a group of exhausted disciples. Although Mary shared with them the good news that Christ is risen, the disciples remain in hiding, fearful that their connection to Jesus might result in their own death. Suddenly, Jesus emerges from the shadows of their quarantine quarters, pushing his way through the fear and anxiety that fills the room and offering them a greeting. Peace be with you, Jesus said. And in case it didn't register, Jesus says it again. Peace be with you. At that moment, for each disciple who gathered there, it all came flooding back. There they were, feeding the 5,000. There they were at the raising of Lazarus. There they were at the sermon on the mount. There they were as Jesus turned water into wine and turned over the tables in the temple. Peace be with you, Jesus said. And they were filled with the memories and the moments and with all that Jesus had ever said or done among them. They felt at ease again. They were happy. They began to smile. And yet Jesus did not fill them with memories only. Each memory they recalled would serve as fuel 
for a more important work. The mission that was set before them. Jesus' mission, which they would now carry on, called them to be the body of Christ in the world in his absence. And so Jesus left them not only with memories and peace, but with a mission, and not only with a mission, but with the Holy Spirit, the one who would fill them with power and love and grace for the work that was yet to come. Siblings in Christ, peace be with you. May you be filled with memories of all that God has done. Peace be with you. May you continue the mission and ministry with which Christ has entrusted you with. Peace be with you. May the Spirit give us all power, love, and grace for all that lies ahead. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.
you now to move to gallery view once more. And if you have a bowl of water to hold it up to the screen, you recall Lake Michigan, water in our homes, rock, water in ponds, rivers, streams. And as we do at church around the font, we will now give thanks for the gift of water and give thanks for baptism. Joined to Christ in the waters of baptism, we are clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. Holy God, you are the river of life. You are the everlasting wellspring. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Glory to you for Lake Michigan, for oceans, for rivers, for streams. Your waters are below us around us, above us. Our life is born in you. You are the fountain of resurrection. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Praise to you for your saving waters. Noah and the animals survived the flood. The Israelites escape through the sea. And Jesus is baptized in the Jordan. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Through this water, remind us of our baptism. Breathe your spirit into all who are gathered here and into all creation. Wash away the sin within us and drown the evil around us. Shower us with your spirit, that your forgiveness, grace, and love may be renewed in our lives. To you be given honor and praise. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Giving thanks for the gift of baptism, for giving thanks for the gift of water in our lives, please now. Dip your hand in that water, feel that water, the physicality of it, and make a cross either on your forehead or on your body, as we do in worship each week. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you again in gallery view, so we can see the body of Christ. Let us wave, let us bow, let us blow kisses of peace to one another. Go through the various pages, turn on your camera if you have it off, some of you morning people, and let's just see everybody and wave peace that we so desperately need in our hearts, in our homes, in our country and the world. Look at all these wonderful people. Wave, kiss. Thank you so much. In worship, this is the moment where we receive our offering and we offer ourselves to God for the mission that Christ gives to us to bring peace to the world. And we at Holy Trinity thank you for your generous support 
of our congregation. Many of you give online and we thank you for that. Others, this might be a time for you to write a check or to support a mission that is important to you as well. There's information on the screen on how you can give. And we want to name especially the Elvina Moan Social Justice Fund. We have received about $8,000 in the last couple of weeks for this fund. And we thank you so much for that. And in a moment, Bo will show you on our website how you can encourage others or you to apply for those funds. But please remember that though we are not together in our space, that our mission continues, that Holy Trinity's, the door of our hearts are open to you, to one another. We are here for you. You are the body of Christ and we are here for each other. So thank you for that. And now as we continue our announcements, our uh, parish administrator, Bo Surratt, is going to give those to you and show you where you might find more information on the website that will be helpful to you. All right. It will take me just a moment to share my screen here. Hoping you can all hear me. Um, this is a new thing for me to try and do, but as we've moved into this virtual worship um, and everything happening online, we're going to try to keep all of our announcements and things in a couple places on our website, rather than printing the, reprinting them in the bulletin. So I wanted to take a moment to show you how to get to some of those things. Um, depending on how you look at our website, you may see this mobile menu over here, or you may see a menu that goes across the entire screen. Let's see, like this. Um, the main thing that you want to know if you're looking for information about events is this menu here, which shows us news and events. And so there are a couple of things um, to draw your attention to here. The events and announcement page is a list of all of our events. Um, and we're kind of updating those as things change and um, evolve day to day. So I'm going to click there. And you'll see that coming up after this service, you can, after a um, bit of time for a coffee hour, virtual coffee hour, um, seminarian Melissa Herlichko will offer the second iteration of her forum on the spirituality of rest. So we're looking forward to that. And then coming up both on Wednesday and on Sunday, seminarian Troy Spencer will offer a forum about communing, communing with creation from our homes. You'll find that you can click on any of these events right now and you will find the information for Zoom right there. So you can just click in to join those meetings. So those are some forums that are coming up. You may have seen in our e-news this week that the Lakeview Pantry, with whom we've had a long relationship, has, um, because of so much need, established a satellite location at Wrigley Field, and they are in quite a need for volunteers to help staff that. So I'm going to show you another place on our website where we have news that isn't particularly events. And that's on our blog here. So I'm going to click there. And here you will find information about 
the urgent need from the Lakeview Pantry. You can find more information on how to volunteer there. There's a link that you can follow to volunteer. And they invite us, if we can't volunteer, to consider making a donation to help those in need. And then um, Pastor Mueller mentioned about the Elvina Moen Fund. And we've got uh, a form posted on our website now where people can request um, or ask for money from that fund to help in times of need. And we've put together a URL. It's the Holy Trinity Mutual Aid. See if I typed that correctly. Yes. htchicago.org slash mutual aid. You want to remember that URL. Um, we're inviting much like we do with um, endowment grants. We hope that people who request aid from this form will have found out about it because of ministries, because of members of Holy Trinity. So you can pass along this URL, htchicago.org slash mutual aid to anyone yourself or anyone you know who might be in need and right here you will find the link to the form there's a simple google doc that the whoever can fill out and you'll notice that we ask a question down at the bottom how has this pandemic impacted you most personally and financially we ask this question not to um, encourage people to prove why they need money from this fund, but rather to be able to collect data to share um, with our congregation anonymously so that we know what the money that we've donated is going to help, and so that we can keep track of what the greatest needs are in our community and perhaps share that again anonymously with local or regional officials so that they can keep track of what the needs are during this time. So those are a couple of places on our website where you can find announcements. Again, I'll just show you once more on the menu, news and events. Those are your two places. That's your main place to go and everything is there. And then finally, one last thing, there is an archive of the weekly e-news there. So you can scroll down and find those. So I think that's all I have for right now. I'm gonna stop my share and turn it back over to Pastor Mueller. Thank you, Bo. During these days of virtual worship, we have the opportunity to hear some faith stories. Today's gospel was included uh, Thomas dealing with some skepticism and doubt, and uh, we all have our own days or times like that, and today Carrie, Carrie Fleming will share a faith story with us. Good morning, everyone. Most of you know me or know of me from my many years at Holy Trinity. Today, I'd like to share something with you that you don't know. Roughly 18 months ago, I found myself in the darkest pit of my life. I was alone, empty, in despair, lost, hopeless, and very frightened. I had no idea how I had gotten there. And worse, no clue how to get out. This darkness enveloped every aspect of my life. One of the, mo one of the most affected areas 
was my faith. As a longtime Holy Trinity member, I've heard all the readings, sung all the hymns, prayed all the prayers, and listened to all the sermons. Often, I participated in the readings and the prayers myself. Yet I realized as I sat in that pew Sunday after Sunday, that I felt like a complete fraud. I found I no longer believed the words I was singing. The reading sounded like lies to me and the sermons just had no connection to me at all. And indeed, sometimes they even made me angry. I had all decided, all but decided that I couldn't take it anymore and that I was going to walk away. One Sunday early last spring, I was struggling even more than ever before. It was nearly impossible for me to remain in my seat throughout the service. And as soon as the service finally, mercifully came to an end, I raced to escape the church as quickly as I could. Pastor Mueller was presiding that day. He caught me on my way out. He looked me dead in the eye. And a simple statement to me was, this isn't being a very good day for you, is it? Well, that may have been a routine pastor observation for him, but for me, at that moment, it was nothing less than a lifeline. I do not have to imagine what would have become of me had he not extended it. I soon called Craig and requested a meeting. I wasn't even quite sure why I made the call or even what I intended to say. I just knew I had to do it. Shortly after that, we did meet. Craig listened attentively as I laid out all my tales of woe, as I, as I bared my heart and soul to him. When I finally wound down, he offered me some words of encouragement and then asked if he could take some time to reflect upon and consider all that I'd said. A week or so later, we met again, at which time Craig offered me several ideas he thought might help, all of which were church-related to some degree or another. I was immediately dismissive of everything he suggested. I thought, my God, typical pastor, here I am coming to him with genuine life and death issues and his response is, more church. Now, at some other time, I'll be happy to debate with you as to the wisdom or lack thereof of seeking help from a pastor and expecting non-pastor solutions. It's a debate I feel quite certain I'll lose. But... Even in all my dismissiveness, I wasn't so much so that I didn't take Craig up on all of his suggestions. I didn't. It dawned on me much later what I'd really been seeking from him. Simply put, I wanted to be saved. Not 
in the strict biblical sense of the term, but saved from the pain of the existence I was living. Well, Craig didn't save me. Not his job. And had he even had, he, even had he been so inclined to do so, he couldn't have. Nor did he fix my life. Again, not his job. What he did do, however, was present me with the beginnings of a path forward. To mix my metaphors a bit, Craig cracked open the door. Now, it was my decision to cross the threshold or not, and my decision again how to manage the door or the room I found on the other side. But none of that could even begin without that first crack. Of course, my first unsteady steps didn't cure all, the, all my ills. I didn't suddenly possess a large loving family or have tons of friends or, or a lasting partner or even a solid sense of place in the world. But by cracking open that door, Craig offered me something perhaps even more important, a chance at community. Some of the ideas Craig presented to me were to begin attending the Wednesday morning worship service and the study class that followed, to sub for Bo in the church office during Bo's vacation time. He also reconnected me with a wonderful man who had been my spiritual advisor way back in the AIDS pastoral care network days, long before I ever knew of Craig or of Holy Trinity. The list soon grew to include working with the anti-racism ministry and serving on the seminarian committee. And by accepting these ideas, I found that one small step led to the next, that each new connection led to another, that one introduction became one more, and each new opportunity led to more. Suddenly my life was filling and growing and expanding. Now I'd been in around churches most of my life, and as such, I picked up a few things. Jesus and his teachings were always the easiest for me to grasp. Basic values and principles, right? Love, compassion, acceptance, inclusion, check. God more broadly, less so. But the one thing that never made any sense to me was the Holy Spirit. I just didn't get it. And now suddenly, I was finding myself in a bunch of different settings, in, in new groups and a variety of, of different contexts. I was surrounded by a whole new spectrum of people from of different ages and ethnicities, backgrounds, genders, and experiences. Folks who maybe began less than I had, faced obstacles greater than mine, overcome more than me, all to emerge on the other side filled with love and gratitude. And as I sat in these rooms and listened to all their stories, I not only heard and saw, but for the first time in my life, 
I could actually feel spirit living and working right in front of my face. A confusing and confounding concept I spent decades attempting to understand in church became crystal clear in these different contexts. This led to another discovery. I had been told a phrase from the so-called Big Book, a publication often considered the Bible of Alcoholics Anonymous. The phrase refers to sobriety in general, but more specifically to the spiritual peace that comes with it. The phrase is, in order to keep it, I have to give it away. In order to keep it, I have to give it away. I realized that I had spent a very long time seeking external solutions for internal questions. I finally understood that my answers would only come by searching deep within myself. And that after doing that deep dive into myself, the only way for my heart and soul to truly heal was by helping others do the same. My peace, my healing would only come and remain if I freely gave it away. Seems like a simple lesson, right? I mean, we say as much aloud most Sundays, go in peace, serve the Lord. But for me, it was one thing to intellectually understand the broader concept. Another thing to feel it in my heart and still another to live it in the world. And I learned that if I took the initiative to reach out, that often, not always, but often, there would be someone to reach back. This simple action proved to be much more rewarding than waiting for and expecting it to happen the other way around. Such is a bit of my journey. And the thing that I still marvel at the most is that the understanding I sought for so long in church, when it became an education I could only get by stepping outside of church, and the education that ultimately led me back. I was reminded of an adage that I used to use a lot, but has gotten lost uh, during all of this craziness for me. It concerns whether or not God answers our prayers. I would always reply, well, of course he does. He always does. Thing is, while I'm looking in this direction for the answer, God is tapping me on the shoulder over here. Mysterious ways, indeed. Pastor Mueller gave me a tremendous gift, one for which I will be eternally grateful. But I've also come to understand I was given a divine gift as well. For surely it is only by the great good grace of God that I speak to all of you today and that I am fortunate enough to still walk among you, you, the core of my community. One final word. 
if any part of my story has resonated with you, or if someone you know and love is struggling as I did, please reach out. To our pastors, a teacher, a coach, a trusted friend, a loved one, a counselor, me, a hotline of some sort, someone, anyone. Now, more than ever, is not the time to suffer alone and in silence. And none of you has to. I'm living proof that help exists in many forms and in many places. All you have to do is ask. Thank you. Bless you. I love you all. Thank you, Carrie, for your testimony, for your faith story, and for your sermon today. We continue now with the prayers. Praying in our homes while gathered together in the spirit of Christ, we ask God to bestow peace upon a needy world using words from today's Psalm. Protect us, O God, for we take refuge in you. Faithful God, we pray for the church around the world. Enter into our countless separate houses with your gift of peace. Guard the health of our bishops, pastors, teachers, and musicians. As Christians around the globe are united in their suffering through the coronavirus, so unite us also in the hope of life in the risen Christ. Protect the church, O God, for we take refuge in you. Creating God, we pray for the earth that you have given into our care. As human society is quieted by sickness, give your plants and animals, lands and seas, a time to renew and replenish themselves. Nurture the fields that will supply our food. Protect the earth, O God, for we, we take, take our refuge in you. you. Righteous God, we pray for the nations. Give peace to our troubled world. Bless the efforts of the United Nations and the World Health Organization. Strengthen democracies. Bring an end to violence between nations, across borders, within countries, between gangs and inside homes. Uphold the governors of our land. Bless our country with integrity and in government, attention to the needy, persistence in facing the pandemic, and wisdom in proceeding into an unknown future. Protect the nations, O God, for we, we take, take refuge in you. Compassionate God, we pray for all in any need. Comfort the bereaved, accompany the sick, especially the multitude who have contracted the coronavirus and those we remember in our hearts. Visit the homes of all who are isolated and hold the lonely and fearful in your arms. 
Grant your peace to the millions of unemployed. Give them food for today and hope for tomorrow. Help us find a home for refugees. Support medical care workers in their endless and sometimes fruitless tasks of attending to the pandemic patients. Provide needed medical supplies for the hospitals. Protect the needy, O God, for we take refuge in you. Gracious God, we pray for children and youth. Shelter them from all sickness. Keep homebound children safe from hunger and abuse. Nurture teenagers with a vision of life beyond this pandemic. Give them assurance as they are separated physically from friends and mentors. Give to all children and youth forbearance beyond their years. Protect children and youth, O God, for we take refuge in you. Loving God, we pray for ourselves. Renew our spirits with a living hope of Christ's resurrection and hear also the private petitions of our hearts. Protect us, O God, for we take refuge in you. Eternal God, we praise you for the lives of all who have died in the faith, especially today the Petri brothers of Sweden and those we name here before you. You may unmute yourself to name those beloved who have died and then mute yourself again. Salamati. Cheryl. My sister-in-law, Anne, who lost her life, her lost, my sister-in-law alive, lost her battle to cancer this week. Gerald's family. Herbert. Sustained by the promise of healing and resurrection, free us from the fear of death and bring us at our end with all the saints into the joy of your presence. Protect your people, O God, for we take refuge in you. With bold confidence in your peace, which passes hum human understanding, we offer these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, now and forever. Amen. I invite you now to open your hands in these days of uncertainty. This stance helps, helps us open our hearts to an unknown future. Baptized into Christ's death and resurrection, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.
God, who through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ has given us the victory, give you joy and peace in your faith. And may God bless you now and forever in the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen.
Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ, Christ is, is risen, risen indeed. Alleluia. Go in peace. Share the good news. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.